0: there's a misconception that money is power right the 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 power is in how money is used and unfortunately it has been misused in a lot of ways right and so so the exchange can only happen when when the most money in the world is in the hands of the best people doing the best things with the money Right, and the only way that imbalance is going to shift is by more and more people stepping up and saying, "No, it is my divine birthright to be wealthy." And it's okay for me to have that desire and choose to be on that path and become rich always and all ways because it's not just about the money, right? It's about being rich always in all ways. Mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, right? Rich with connections, rich with actions, rich, 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 rich. Rich isn't just tangible dollar bills in the bank, y'all.
1: Welcome to Making the Change, Optimize Your Health and Mind, where we explore the latest research and expert insights on how to take charge of your health and happiness. I'm Dr. Dave. I'm a board-certified physician and an integrative medicine expert. So join me as we learn how to thrive physically, mentally, and emotionally in the next phase of our lives. So let's go dive into today's episode. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Dr. Dave again, making the change, optimize your health and mind. Today, I have an amazing guest host with me. Her name is Jessa Carter, the peaceful millionaire. Uh, She has a history in neuroscience and neurosurgery and now is an author, an inspirational speaker, and an advanced mind and money mentor. So hello, Jessa, how are you?
0: I'm wonderful, Dr. Dave, how are you?
1: I am doing phenomenal. So uh, this show is all about um, making the change and and optimizing your health and mind, which we're kind of uh, symbiotes on this. Uh, That's how we met at at a conference. And I could not wait to get you on my podcast. Uh, So there's a few things um, that we'll go over. Uh, Number one is a little bit about you. Uh, Number two, we'll go through some of the challenges that you've been through in your life. We'll get some actionable steps for people to do to take some of your advice. And then we'll have them uh, find a way how they can get in touch with you with your courses, programs, and workshops that you offer. How's that sound? Amazing. Okay. Uh, So uh, why don't you tell me, um, so again, neuroscience and neurosurgery to an advanced mind and money mentor is a big change as me, you know, I'm a cosmetic surgeon that turned integrative medicine specialist. And now I'm also uh, getting into speaking because I figure I can help more people that way. Um, So why don't you tell me a little bit about how your journey started? What got you into neurosurgery and neuroscience in the first place?
0: Uh, that part of that part of the journey. So interestingly, I had a stint of childhood seizures when I was like three or four, and um, had to go in and have the EEGs, and they put all the little electrodes on my head and the toothpaste in my hair. Um, so from from a child, I was just very fascinated by. By the mind, and I was an only child. Um, So I think there's a certain capacity of of like observation that comes in, um, of just observing other people. But uh, yeah. Isn't that funny? uh,
1: I think. Uh, Only children observe everything. When I was driving with my son, when he was like three years old, he'd be like, oh, look at the blue banana. And we'd be like, what blue banana? It'd be like four blocks later. And he would see this blue banana on a store. Uh, I'm like, how did you see this thing? It's just so hyper-focused, I find, for uh, single kids. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. But I I had to get in there. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, but that's really like my fascination with the mind started at at such a young age. And when, when it came to, you know, going to college and getting a higher level degree, you know, you ask yourself those questions. What is it? What is it that I want to do in the world? And I, I didn't feel like I had any clue. Um, what I wanted to do was help people. And I wanted to wake up every day and love what I did. And at the time, the only way that I knew to do that was the traditional route of school and things like that. Um, So I did research and um, ended up becoming a physician assistant. And what's cool about being a physician assistant is you can then subspecialize in anything. And so when it came to like starting to do rotations and people asking me what I wanted to do, just from a personality perspective, I was, I knew when I started PA school, I'm like, okay, it's either going to be emergency medicine, because I'm just someone who likes to be on the go. And I'm a very hands on, tangible, you know, like, hands-on person um, or some sort of like surgical uh, specialty. So then when I did my rotations, um, I did a surgical rotation and all it took was me being in the operating room one time. and, um, And that was like, for me, I was like, okay, that's where I want to be. And I was fortunate that the general surgeon that I worked with, his wife was a physician assistant. And so he just said to me, he said, based on your personality, he said, please don't take this the wrong way because you are a team player and you work well with others. He said, but you're someone who works very well independently. He said, and for a student, for someone who's so green, he said, that's really rare. Uh, So I really highly suggest for you one of the surgical subspecialties that the PAs have the most autonomy, which is neurosurgeon or neurosurgery, orthopedics or cardiothoracic. And, um, Joints didn't fascinate me or excite me or interest me whatsoever. Um, the heart thing like, kind of freaked me out. But I was like, brain, I love the brain. <laughs> so,
1: Well, I have to tell you, I, I did my residency in St. Barnabas in the Bronx, Level One Trauma Center. And um, it started out, uh, when you get called as a surgical resident, it's just such a problem. You You know it's a headache because it's something no one else wants to do. So they call surgery. So we we would always have those battles in the ER. So that when you said those were the two options, surgery and ER, I'm like, wow, you couldn't get more opposite. Um, and then, as a surgical resident, all we want to do is operate. So it wouldn't matter what was going on, you know, whatever trauma, we're like, okay, let's go into operating And That was the most exciting part. And I do agree with you. Some of the the best PAS that I got to work with were surgical PAs because the the beautiful part about surgery is you practice medicine and you practice surgery. So you get to treat the patient as a physician, but you also get to do hands-on. So that's an amazing transition in your mind. So now you're looking in minds, right? And we, we had a great trauma surgeon that was there, Catherine Coe. She also wrote a book. So she was just amazing as far as what she was able to do and command the room um, and just the knowledge that she had and and the stuff that she allowed us to do. Um, I'm like, wow, this is somebody's brain and, you know, actually using suction to get the brain brain off and not touching the brain, like little things that you really have to have detail oriented when you're in that operating room, because it's life or death almost every time in the operating room. So tell me about your operating room experience, the first one.
0: The first, the like the very first one in the neurosurgery? Very,
1: the very first one as autonomous neurosurgery PA. Oh my
0: gosh. Um, well, see, the very first one is is not what's, what's jumping out to me. Like what's jumping out to me is like-
1: is no, the, Right, is that's the, what I'm saying. Go to that very first one that you can remember that had to be some nervousness there, do you remember your first case can you remember it
0: i don't, I don't think i do i mean i i did gosh i mean i because i I did it for 10 years and 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 that's been many years removed now so to think back to that very first case wow okay hold on it's coming back to me it's coming back to me i i was nervous right Because all of the surgeons are different and you don't want to mess anything up and you don't want to touch the wrong thing. And you certainly don't want to drop anything. Right. Um, but just personality wise, for me, neurosurgery made the most sense. And my thought process going in was I'm going to be the best darn neurosurgical PA like that there ever was. Right. Cause I wanted to just know everything and be really, really freaking good at it. Um, and I did that. And I think that's, I think that's kind of part of the, uh, you know, fascination of like, how does one outgrow a career in neurosurgery? And, and that's truly, but that's truly what happened. Um, and I think that, um, you know there there is that saying if you're not growing you're dying and so i think that everyone there's this just innate nature of us in within us to grow and evolve and change and so what happened was my just my own thirst and hunger for for knowledge led me to knowing all of these things about the mind and the body's capacity to not only heal itself and be well naturally, but to succeed and to make success, wealth, peace, fulfillment, to make that inevitable. Like the 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 power of the mind is so tremendously underestimated. I I feel um, because it really dictates your entire life and also your health. So if you're if you're neglecting your overall, you know, mind health because, you know, mind health and brain health are two different things, right? Um they go hand in hand but they're two different things because when you're talking brain health and from a neurosurgical perspective, that's the physical brain, right? Those are those physical elements. Um, what you put in your mouth has a lot to do with your brain health, right? What you watch, what you read, you know, who you interact with, your emotions, all these things like play a role in your brain health, like your physical brain health. But your mind health is a whole completely different thing and and really understanding the power and the value of what that is. And so what came through for me when I was writing my book um. Is and there's a mathematical equation behind it, but that the but the mind is a twenty-seven billion dollar asset. If you could quantify it, just so so someone can really hold on to something tangible that is the value of your mind is it's a twenty-seven billion dollar asset.
1: We and, need to go into this calculation because
0: and, twenty-seven and billion is, is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, right? So and, and that and then that your mind also has twenty seven billion kilowatts of power. Like that is how powerful your mind is. Meaning that is how powerful you are as a being um, to really create and have anything that you choose to have and experience while you're here in this physical lifetime.
1: I don't know if you ever read um, the book from Jim Quick, uh, Limitless.
0: Um, I have it on my bookshelf, but I haven't actually read it.
1: Oh, it's amazing, Quick. I I, uh, I um, make that part of my uh, must reads uh, and he comes from a traumatic brain injury and he was in school and he had to find a new way to learn because the school system, it doesn't teach you to learn. It acts like you already know how to learn. I mean, it doesn't give you the tools to learn how to learn. It doesn't teach you how to speed read where you get the most information out of what you're reading it teaches you how to read the words it doesn't teach you how to actually figure out how to calculate math it shows you how to put a number and put a thing on the side and it doesn't give you the exact thing so his whole purpose of that book is also like you're saying he doesn't give it a number he just says it's limitless there's really nothing holding you back from that next step of where you need to go except us
0: well, and I'll tell you the reason that I that I do actually quantify it. There, there's actually a reason for that. And, it, and it's because, right, because because you because we do live in on this physical world, in this physical realm, on this physical plane, um your your mind has a really difficult time conceptualizing infinite, limitless, right? So I use that terminology, but I don't use that terminology in regards to help having you understand how valuable this thing is. that's like right here in your noggin, because because you as a as a human being need to be able to kind of conceptualize and wrap your head around it and you can't conceptualize and wrap your head around limitless and what does that actually mean so we
1: we want some quantifiable thing that we could dig our fingers into and and limitless just doesn't give you that
0: because your mind automatically is hardwired to like want to quantify it and to want it to make sense um and to conceptualize it because you can't conceptualize limitless what happens is is you you really disregard so you're not actually under you're not really bringing in that the value of the yes the value in the power of mind truly it's infinite it is limitless but since your mind can't quantify that or conceptualize that then it basically kind of goes in one ear and out the other. So it's not valuable for you on your journey, right, to being your being your best self and living your best life. To be like, oh, my mind is limitless. What the heck does that even mean? Who cares?
1: Right. It doesn't. It doesn't put anything into action. It's not like. I, and that's why I always tell people: if you need a plan, you have to write it down. Right. So if you don't plan something, it plans you. So it's kind of the same concept. You have to have that tangible component of what you can actually do so you can achieve it. If you never put your dreams into a a, a word or into a a picture, you can't get it. And, And I think that's amazing. I love the way you picked a number, right? And we have so many different ways you can come up with your formula. But the reality is, like you're saying, people don't understand how big a billion is.
0: No, like if it was like actually when I was when I was when I was writing the book and the information came through to calculate it. And so so do do you, do you want the story is to to like where of course, the, of course. Where that's they, where
1: we're going with this. <laughs> where the
0: calculation came from. Okay. So, you know, so I'm thinking about okay, how can how can I support someone in the highest and best way in truly understanding how valuable and how powerful your mind is right and make that tangible because that's actually one of my gifts is like making the intangible tangible and part of that comes from that background in neurosurgery of of having to take really really high level information and have a very human conversation with someone, right? Like if you hear the words, you need brain surgery or you need back surgery, and someone's talking to you about that in like medical knees, right? Like you don't understand, you know what I mean? Like most of the time when the physicians are talking, no disrespect, right? But like a lot of times they're talking above the patient's level and the patient's just sitting there, you know, like deer, deer in the headlights stare, because they don't understand, right? And so for me talking to patients about surgery and explaining what that meant, right? Having brain surgery and what we did or back surgery and going through the anatomy of it in a way that was relatable that they could understand, right, became a superpower. Um, And so, so that comes through in my work of really being able to convey Information that can be very high level can be very esoteric can can seem very intangible, and make that intangible. So I'm sitting there writing the book, and I'm thinking, okay, so well, what is what is the most valuable you know thing, right? So like the most valuable gemstone in the world, right? So I start doing some research, and um and then currently or at least when i wrote the book right um at that moment the most valuable gemstone in the world is the jaw-dropping blue diamond Mm -hmm. which is worth four million dollars per carat and the average human brain weighs i think it's like around three pounds three pounds 3.3 pounds something like that so if you were to convert the The weight of a brain into carrots, and then multiply that by four million. You now have a twenty seven billion dollar asset.
1: Like that,
0: and that is and that is how my that is how my mind works. So I very lightheartedly say, like when people ask, you know, ask what I do, it's like, what do you, what is it that you do, Jessa? Um, so I. The the very direct answer is I optimize your mind for inevitable next level wealth, peace, and fulfillment. Um and I very lightheartedly say that I do mind surgery, right? Because, you know, no scalpels or anesthesia required, right? Like you don't actually <laughs> you know, it's very safe, it's very fun. Um and and that's and that's what I get to do.
1: I that's great. I, I love the the conceptualism of giving people something with teeth that they can really understand and and helping them to see that how am I going to help you is by understanding that there's not really a limitation to what you have to do. Just follow these simple steps and we can get you that $4 billion, $43 billion success that you're talking about and and success is so different for everybody. Um what would you say um have you gotten there yet?
0: Uh yes, because um because how specifically wealth and success because i to me the, the two things kind of go hand in, ha- in hand, right? Like most of the time if you're seeking greater level success, you're also seeking some sort of greater financial success along with that and so um wealth and success how how you define wealth and wealth and success for yourself is how you will experience it so it really depends on what your personal definition of wealth or success is for example like And I'm not talking the the Webster's Dictionary, you know, version of success, like your personal definition is how you'll experience it. So if you're if you're chasing success or you're chasing, which I did for a very long time, so there's no judgment in this statement whatsoever. Right. If you're chasing that external societal driven perception of success what happens is it feels like you never get there. It feels like you're always falling short, right? So then there's a level of unhappiness and unfulfillment that comes along with that. Um, And so rather than bringing in the idea and the process of, of, you know, well, I'm actually already here, right? Because you have to, in order to get to where you're going, you have to really be grateful and appreciate what it is that you have right now in this moment today. Um, Because it's what you have in this moment today that's going to continue to propel you forward, right? So are you going to reach that next level of success faster by being really happy and grateful and excited about where you currently are and where you're going? Or are you going to get there faster by being ticked off because you don't feel like you're successful yet and you're constantly feel like you're like under the bar, Right? So it's just it's this counter counterproductive counterintuitive thing that slows down the process.
1: And I think you're hitting on another excellent point because you're able to um, really have that type of communication with the people that you're helping. You start to see that everybody's everybody's picture of success is different, and the way that you talk to people about getting their success is different. Like when you're talking about like burning that fire. Um, some people need that push, oh, you're not good enough, uh, you're never going to do it, and that propels them. Other people need, you know, I coached my son's team with football, and, and I got that with the kids, right? Some kids really responded well to encouragement, and other kids really responded well to you want to get on the field? Well, you got to play. You're not doing anything. You know, you had to beat them down a little bit to make them build themselves up. And it's a, always a difficult situation trying to figure out the, the what learning or what ways they need to have it done or what works best for them. And I think the way you go about it by getting into those conversations, you're able to really loosen that up and help them to see the best way they need to to learn and and get taught and get brought to that next level.
0: And the goal, right? The goal is to get there in, in the fastest and most efficient way possible, but also in the highest and best way possible. So for me, it's about, it's about feeling exquisite on the journey, right? Because, because the thing is, is it doesn't matter, like it doesn't matter how grandiose the destination is. If you're not enjoying the journey, the destination is never going to feel as remarkable when you get there if you didn't actually enjoy the ride that got you
1: there. And, it, but it's, it's difficult to always, um, but obviously, always is a word, one of those words, right? You can never have an always. Um, I, I find that when people are really going through some rough times and, I love to bring spirituality into it. I love to to really lift people up in all ways, and, and whenever someone's hurting, or, but sometimes I don't know what to say. Like, um, I have a uh, an employee that has lupus, and she's in end stage heart disease at this point. She needs a heart transplant, and of all the people in the world, she gets robbed. She works in the Philippines. She's part of my virtual staff. Her name is Trixie, and we pray for her every day. So uh, she's. Struggling, and she gets robbed. her computer's gone. That's how she made her money. She was doing my digital stuff. Her phone is robbed. she so she reconnects her old phone and she texts me and she's like, "I don't know what to do. I can't work for you. I don't have money. I don't have this. I don't have that. Why is God doing this to me? And I said to her, "There's something greater for you on the other side of this. There is A lesson for you to learn from this it's not going to help you feel better right now but you have to understand that there's a reason for this struggle and i'm learning now as we're as i'm going through some things in my own life a lot of times you get hit really hard before you get blessed you get knocked down to where you feel like i never want to get up again And that's the one step that you take when you lift yourself back up that brings you to that next level. And and I think a lot of people don't understand that about the journey. You really need to enjoy that journey because that's the journey that's gonna, that test becomes your testimony, right? That part where you're a victim, where things are happening to you turns into what makes you victorious. And, And I think a lot of people forget that forget that the journey is probably the most important part it's not the end of the trip because success doesn't stop right success it keeps going so you have to keep going it success is a journey right and and i think what you're doing also is helping people to define what success is to them and then giving them that road to achieve that because if you can't understand what it is to you how you're really supposed to achieve it and and i love that again that tangible component that you're really giving people really i can grab this with two hands and, and i see now that there's a, a place that i can go off of that and, and i think that's just a great way to really have people understand that that's this is the first step of your next step so what would you say for yourself would be Three of the most important things you need to be successful. Ooh! So just to let everybody know, we do do the show unscripted. She does not know the questions <laughs> beforehand. We love it that way because we get real answers, right? Such so it doesn't have to be the most important ones you might put in your book, but what's coming to your mind
0: now? It's it's such a it's such a beautiful question, um, and I think that the the answer for everyone is different but I think I think you you know you truly there has to be a dream right there has to be a dream just something something so much bigger um than yourself uh that you know like those things don't make sense but like there's just something there's this dream um and and whatever it is it's you know, everyone has innate drivers truly to succeed and be wealthy. Like it's in there. And, and so you, you have to listen to that little part of yourself that like really, really, really pay attention to, to, to not, not what this wants, not what this wants, but what this wants, like really, really getting like clear about what the, your hearts and souls, true desires are. And if wealth is one of them, that's okay, right? It's actually your birthright to be wealthy. And so it's very normal to for money to excite you to you know to drive you to to have a more beautiful and blessed life for yourself to be able to g- contribute to the world in a bigger and more beautiful way through contribution, like you can do that through wealth, right? You can't. See, a lot of
1: people, like you're saying, I know that's where you're going, right? A lot of people like to say that wealth is bad, right? You, you, Oh, you can't have a lot of money. That's not what the saying is. And if you actually take that whole saying about that, you can't have um, two gods. It's not talking about comparing money to God. It's putting money instead of God. It's not that money is money will never make you happy. It's what you're buying with the money that makes your life easier. You can enjoy things, but that's not where the joy is coming from. But that's why God wants us to have, or the our higher power, however you want to say, whatever you believe in, needs to give you things that you can help other people with. Sometimes it's money, sometimes like you're. Like what you're doing now, you're helping more people and it's not money, but they happen to have money to be able to use your services, but they're not, it's not the money that they're getting from it. It's what the skills and what they're getting as a result of that money that's enabling them to do those things.
0: So money, like I, I, I teach money very differently than most people, right? So money, money is a vehicle, right? It's it's simply a medium of exchange.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: whether that's for a, you know, like a service where you're, you know, you're learning new skills and, you know, you're having your mind rewired for inevitable success or, you know, or you go to the Apple store and you you buy an, an iPhone, right? Like it's, it's simply a medium of value exchange, right? Anytime, and, and it requires other humans, right? Like all money requires other humans, whether you're getting that money from a job, right, and you're collecting a paycheck, like there that the money is still an exchange of human. You work for a company, right? People pay that company money for their product or service, and then the company pays you for for your service that you provide to the company, etc., right? Um and so it's it's just simply it's simply an exchange of a value. But but what has been been taught externally, right, is to is that money is this intangible thing. Um, and the the four worst words you could ever say is like, that's not for me, right? When it comes to like wealth or success and being rich and having a lot of actual financial wealth, right? Like, most people don't even start on that path because instantly their mind, when they think of it, wants to be like, oh, that's not for me, right? Like, on some level, that's not for me. And so you don't ever even go in that direction. But it is for you. It is for you. And it's not bad and it's not scary. And the unfortunate thing is is the verse and and i'm i'm spiritual i'm not religious but but the verse that like money got so misconstrued around it was actually not what it says at all right so we so it's not that money is bad right the actual language is that the worship of money is bad right um and and you know or that you're putting money above everything else right that money is the most important thing in the world and 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 nothing else has importance right And the thing is, is is that's what got misconstrued, right? Because because all of the money in the world, you can have all of the money in the world, but all of the money in the world isn't going to make you happy if you're mentally, physically, spiritually, or emotionally bankrupt. So you, as an individual, could have all of the however many 44 or more trillion dollars that there are in circulation today. You could have all of that money and no one else have any, and if you had that forty four trillion dollars, but you were mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally bankrupt, it wouldn't matter. Would't matter. right? So it doesn't so so the so so that's really the misconception, right? is is there's a misconception that money is power, right? the the power is in how money is used. And unfortunately, it has been misused in a lot of ways, right? And so so the exchange can only happen when when the most money in the world is in the hands of the best people doing the best things with the money, right? And the only way that imbalance is going to shift is by more and more people stepping up and saying, no, it is my divine birthright to be wealthy, and it's okay for me to have that desire and choose to be on that path and become rich always and all ways, because it's not just about the money, right? It's about being rich always in all ways, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, right? Rich with connections, rich with actions, rich, 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 rich. Rich isn't just tangible dollar bills in the bank, y'all. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I like that of uh, always and always, right? That, that's uh, a, a very good way to put it, um, and I and I agree fullheartedly. I, I think uh, money gets a bad rap. It's it's made to help you get the things that you want and need, but it's not made to make you happy. A lot of times, and I I use it for relationships a lot because. A lot of times you're in a relationship and this is a really good analogy if you think about it. So you're in a relationship and that you break up with that person and now you're upset. You broke up with that person, but now you're upset because that person's not in your life and you started to have those habits. And now I used to eat dinner with them all the time and now I'm alone. Why am I so miserable? Because you're relying on somebody else for your happiness. And it's the same thing with money. Money's not getting you happy. It's making things easier for you. It's letting you do the things you need to do. It is giving you some power. But it's not the end all. You need to understand that, which is why it's attainable, which is why it's a tool for everybody to use, because it's not made for one person to have. It's made to share. There's enough of it out there in every country in the world. It's not just in America.
0: Well, and the thing of it is right. The thing of it is, is the you know the when you when you find right when you find that the joy and the happiness is within right and you're and you're seeking to fulfill those things from within yourself versus outside of yourself right then you become right that's how you become a magnet for the for all of the things that you attract right that's how more money becomes easier right because i mean if you if you really break it down from a metaphysical perspective, right? You want to you want to get into like a chemistry, like the metaphysical, the actual science behind it, right? You know, everything everything in the physical universe like is is energy, right? You're you're a vibration, of particles, right? Whether you're whether you're the solid desk or chair that I'm sitting in or you're us or you're water, right? All of those things are made up of of you know, particles of matter and everything's vibrating at a certain frequency, right? And if you are negative and hateful and you're just, you're unhappy with yourself, you're unhappy with life. And that's the thing is, right? Like that, that ultimate deepest unhappiness is that you're unhappy with, you're unhappy with yourself. And the only way to become unhappy with yourself is to create the change, right? You have to be the change that you choose to see in the world. And it's, it's hard talk. It's real talk, right? The thing is, is like, you're the problem. But you're also the solution, right? So you can have other people support you on the path, support you on the journey, get you from where you are to where you want to be faster. But that other person can't do it for you. Like as much as you would like for them to do, right? I mean, I would, you know, so there's there's days that I would love to see somebody come, you know, snatch me up and, you know, put me on the, put me on the next level boat, right? But but it's but but if someone were to hand you a million dollars right now today, right that that's that's not going to mean anything. It's not going to have the same feeling as when you earn that first million
1: dollars yourself. Well, and I'll give you something with that, right? So on that note, right? So we've in our lifetimes, like lotto's been around, right? So when we were younger, thirty-three million-dollar lotto's used to have people lined up around the block. Recently, uh, in the past couple of years, we've had billion-dollar lotteries. Do you know I've never seen anybody that's one lotto become super successful? Why? Because they never had their journey. They never developed the tools that they needed to make something with that. So they get awarded all this money. What happens? They waste it. They don't put it into the right avenues because they didn't go through the struggles that they needed to figure out what to do with it.
0: Well, and there's, there's two things, right? There's, there's two aspects of it because there's the, there's the physical aspect of, of the skill set of, of not really knowing what to do with the money. Right. And, right. and, and because they don't, Unfortunately, you know, we talked about traditional education a little bit earlier, right? Unfortunately, they don't teach proper, you know, financial education or the possibility of being completely financially independent and financially free. Like, you don't learn those things in school, right so you don't so even you don't, even, you don't even know school. that's a you don't even know that's a possibility right like i mean so so that's the unfortunate thing right so so you don't know what you don't know so there's the there's so there's there's an information and a and a lack of knowledge that plays into that right like you win the lottery all of a sudden you have millions or billions of dollars and no you have no clue what to do with it and you don't even know who to go talk to to figure out what to do with it right and you also don't have enough discernment to put together who's going to screw you over and rip you off versus who's not, right? Because again, you don't you don't know who who you can trust and who you, who you can't, right? And so there's so there's a whole bunch of reasons around that. But then the other part of it is, um, so be because you know because of, there's frequency and there's consciousness and there's an energy to it as well. And you mentioned a relationship with money, and one of the things that I truly teach is like and and change for people is your relationship with money and elevating your consciousness for both wealth and prosperity because because you have to have the capacity to to earn, hold, and grow more money, right? That that that's that that you are like okay, yeah, you know, I can do this, right? Because otherwise, if you feel like if you feel like oh my god if i had millions of dollars i would be so stressed out and i wouldn't know how to manage it and I, you know like that money's not going to come to you right like it's not it's not going to come to you or if it does similar to the lottery you're you're going to you're going to to lose it right um so so similar to any other relationship right we have relationship with ourselves right that is very important your relationship with yourself, you have a relationship with your family, you have a relationship with friends, with a partner, if you have a partner, right? And you have a relationship with money. It is an actual relationship. And similar to any other relationship, that relationship can either be like healthy and loving and supportive and peaceful, or it can be tumultuous and rocky and not so pleasant and something that you'd rather avoid and not go on a second date with
1: love that one too all right so we have a dream we have your relationship right relationship with money and life right and then what would you say is your third one
0: um, and, then, and then the other one is 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 like tool strategy and and a plan i love that you said that earlier because i'm there has to be um you know the the dream piece of it for me is is supreme clarity right you have to have supreme clarity of of where it is that you're going um and i love expanding that for poss- for for people right because because what most people see believe and think is possible for themselves is 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 smaller than what it is or what it could be right um and and so as you evolve in your own thinking and in your own consciousness especially when it comes to money like automatically that vision of how you get there gets given to you i mean it's it is mind-blowing, remarkable when you start to step in. Like, so I, I wrote The Peaceful Millionaire last year. I'm writing the Peaceful Multimillionaire this year. And I'll be writing the Peaceful Billionaire next year. And I had the well, I think
1: we're gonna go to peaceful trillionaires. Forget about let's go. Let's level up here.
0: Why not? Like, <laughs> let, you know, let's go. But but here's the thing. So like when I wrote the first book, I had the vision come through for the next two books. And so what I decided to do like at the beginning of the year, right? Because people it's like, oh, well, how do you how do you jump, right? How do people make quantum shifts in in their life and in their level of success and in their wealth? Like how do these like big like jumps happen? Um and 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 you can create them, right? And it's and it's 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 via a, a like a non linear approach. Like most people's approach to things is very very linear, um, and and my approach to things is very non linear, but also extremely intentional and strategic. Um, and so so just knowing what was coming with the titles of the of the next two books, right? And I'm like, okay, well and then obviously like I have to step up, right? I have to step up in my leadership and my frequency and my energy and my own wealth. Right. And so I'm like, Hmm. So I just started at the beginning of this year saying, okay, um, I'm just going to start calling in those peaceful billionaire frequencies. Right. That, that vibe of like, okay, what just, I don't even know what that is. I was just like, I don't know what it is. Just, I'm just starting to call it in. Right. Um, and step into that because you know that's another thing that I realized when I was writing the book, and you said earlier when I was talking about the mind being a twenty-seven billion dollar asset, right? Like until you like write out like how many—that's a lot of zeros. Like if you've never actually seen like a billion dollars like written out, like it doesn't even fit on a calculator. And I, I literally had to—I'm like, how many, how many commas and how many zeros is it? It's a lot, right?
1: I, I had um I had someone show me with like a jar of pennies. From like a billion, a million pennies, and like a, a jar of pen, a billion pennies would fill up like a warehouse. Like you don't like how crazy is that? Where a million might be one room, yeah, right, and a billion is an entire warehouse of, just, pennies. Right? of
0: pennies, right?
1: Right. It's crazy Um, just to be able to think about that.
0: Yeah. So it's like, so when you, when you really, you know, could conceptualize these things. And so I just started, you know, just calling that in for myself, that next level of like, I know I'm going to write this book next year. Right. And so here it is, January, 2023. I'm like, in 2024, I'm going to be writing a book called The Peaceful Billionaire. I better start stepping up some. (laughs) (laughs) stepping up some ish, like now, today, right? And what was so crazy about it was that was just something that I silently said to myself in January. And in February, I ended up at a at an event, um, a media boot camp with, with one of my friends and mentors. And we're having a VIP lunch and expert titles came up and mm-hmm. I said, well, I go by the peaceful millionaire. I, I always struggle with the expert title thing. Cause I, you know, I, I really do a lot of things, but um, and so I said, you know, do I say The Peaceful Millionaire? Do I say Mind and Money Strategist? And she's like, well, it's both. And it's not right or wrong to say either. But she was like, no, you're The Peaceful Millionaire. And I shared the title of the next two books with the room. And her face lit up and everybody else's face lit up. And she was like, that's it. You're The Peaceful Billionaire. You got to start being The Peaceful Billionaire now. And I was like, well, uh, you know, I'm growing into that, you know more of a step-by-step approach to going into that because I did write the first book and I know how many zeros that is and like, right? But it was comical because again, I had just silently to myself started kind of calling in those frequencies. So now here she's saying, no, call yourself the peaceful billionaire now. And I'm like, oh boy, right? Uh, Okay, that's a a quantum leap. That's a quantum shift. Okay, so I I start to embrace it and I reach out to my team because I have an event coming up that I was speaking at and I reached out to my team and I was going to have them change all of my handles to at the peaceful millionaire. And they were like on social media, they're like, it's not available. And I was like, I knew I should have gotten that sooner. Well, how about the peaceful, how about the peaceful billionaire available? And I was like, done, just take it now, right? Future, future vision, future self, just take it. And um, and I did the day of that luncheon when she told me to start calling myself the peaceful billionaire. I went. Ahead, I bought the website. Like I bought the website that day. Right. So so here's a tangible takeaway. Never add time. Is um one of the principles of the peaceful millionaire. If you happen to to read the book, never add time. So I literally bought the web domain that day. The moment my team said, like, the peaceful millionaire is not available as a social media handle. I was like, peaceful billionaire, let's go. And then two weeks later, I get a phone call from someone to that was like an invite only or training to to scale my business to Seven figures a month and beyond, and I was just like, "Well, now, right?" And so, so it's like, "Well, what's the path to billions, right?" Like, in order to get to billions, you gotta, you know, like the, you know, like the path to billions is millions and multi millions and hundreds of millions, right? So it's like it's this, it's this path. But like, so the, so that's so that's what I'm saying. When you have such a supreme clarity of you know of the dream and the vision, and you can truly believe. the 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 secret right the secret sauce is is getting to the place within yourself that that you believe that that is possible for you now does it really matter to me if i get to billions no it actually it actually doesn't like i i i the i love the the bigness of it i love the frequency of it um I love what it. I love that it calls me to rise to a level, right? Because you're like you set the bar for yourself, right? So if you if you if you set the bar at one million, right, then hundreds of millions is not even a thing. It's not on the radar, right? So so if you if you set the bar for billions and you fall a bit short. Still doing all you know, like again, this is like that's so much money, right? So you're it's like you're you're doing more than all right, okay? Like you're doing way more than all right. So does anyone need billions of dollars? No. Like, do you need billions of dollars? No. If I end up making billions of dollars, am I fine with that? I'm not opposed to that. Why? Because it's an extension of my good, it's an extension of the good that I can do in the world, right? So can I as, as who I know that I am in my heart and my soul, can I, do I know that I can do really beautiful, really extraordinary, really incredible things in the world with billion dollars? Right. I can change a lot of lives. I can help a lot of people. Right. And so that's what I mean about that dynamic shift of, of, of whose hands the, the money is is in right do I need that much money no but can I do some really beautiful incredible things with it yes and that that was that became my driving force right so I I think below the like the plan of action is it's okay if the money excites you but what keeps you on the path of of not quitting and not giving up is like is the fire in the belly is like the thing the part of you that won't turn off because you you find something that you're so passionate about be, bringing to the world and it and it doesn't matter what that is right it's whatever whatever is meaningful and passionate whatever lights you up because your zone of genius is completely different than mine and it's unique right and so you're meant to bring something to the world that is unique to you and you're also meant to contribute to the world in a way that is unique to you because because of those trials and tribulations like you spoke about earlier we've all had hard times i don't know you know if god if if spirit source universe showed up tomorrow handed me a billion dollars handed you a billion dollars right and we were both like okay okay warriors of good like go do good things in the world with this billion dollars that you were just handed you and I would do very different things with that, with that money, with that same amount of money, right? Because what's what you're passionate about in your heart and soul, the, the change that you are passionate about seeing in the world based on your life and your experiences and what you've been through and, and and those hard times for you and the hard times for other people in your life, where you would direct that good is different than where I would direct mine, Right. And it's so it's it's this uniqueness that everyone has to to really, really bring their own gifts and talents to the world um in a really beautiful and powerful way, but then to then to give back and to contribute in a really powerful way.
1: And I think most people, especially when they make a lot of money, they do try to to give it back in some way, and we don't always know the right way to do. The, the other thing that I, I also find is important, we try to listen to that little conscience sometimes. And you brought up this point before, are you following your mind? Or are you following your heart? And a lot of times you've gone through so many mistakes and you forget to follow that voice because it's hurt you. You felt betrayed. You don't realize the lesson that you were supposed to learn. So you kind of stop listening to that little voice. And I think it's crucial for somebody like you, somebody like me, to point out to people, don't let those circumstances change listening to that voice because that voice is you. That voice is telling you to change and we don't listen to it. And if when you start following, it doesn't matter whether you're following your brain or your heart, you have to follow your purpose. That will bring you to the right decision all the time. And when we get caught up in our own trials and tribulations, a lot of times we put our purpose to the side and we think that's how we're going to get out of the situation. And a lot of times it's just looking introspectively Because a lot of times your purpose is coming out of some of those pains that you've had. And that's what's going to help you get out of it. So you do need to look back on it. Um, And I have found some of the the most successful points of my life have come from looking at my struggles and looking at my journey and seeing how that has shaped me. And a lot of times it's so I don't make that mistake again. You know, but if you don't learn to listen to yourself, you're going to make the same mistake over and over not learn the lessons you're supposed to learn, and not find a coach like you that can really help people's mindset go from, well, I don't know, to being, I'm unstoppable. So um, why don't you tell me the best way for people to get in touch with you? How can Where can they find your book? How can they get some of your courses and workshops? Where are you speaking? So, so let's go first. Uh, how can we get your book?
0: Uh, you can get my book if you go to PeacefulMillionaireNow.com. PeacefulMillionaireNow.com. There's a spot there where you automatically click on Amazon and it'll boop right to your door. And um, And there's many free bonuses that come with the book. And so on that same website, whether you buy the book or not, you actually have access. <laughs> now, I, the secret's <laughs> out, right? Cat's out of the bag. Um, you have access to all of the free bonuses that are there. Um, one of the bonuses is design your peaceful millionaire life workbook. And there's some other really incredible tangible things there. Um, and also an opportunity to come to my three-day intensive. So all of all of the goodies are there.
1: So the book is basically um, giving everybody the opportunity to grab a little bit of your experience to grow. And obviously the best way to get the full force of the book is to that three-day workshop because there's no real way to get the meaning out of every page than to get it from the person that wrote it. So how often do you do these uh, three-day workshops?
0: um I do them normally once a month um and, oh, wow. uh, and um but we're we're taking a little sabbatical right now to upgrade some of these systems and things so the next one is is coming on um June 22nd
1: and where's that going to be
0: it's virtual. It's on Zoom. You don't have to leave your house. Um, and there's there's so much, you know, it's um there's so much that comes to life in, in the three-day event that it it's it's complementary to the book, but um, but it's it's really an extension of the book in a huge way. Um I it's it's incredible. <laughs> I just I love I love giving I love giving away like so much so much value um so it's literally one of my my favorite things to teach because it's so much fun and you can create so much transformation for someone in that short amount of time. Um, and it's just really, really powerful. And I I have to to speak into because like there's a there's a workbook, right? So with the three day event, there's a workbook and you're gonna be doing some things, right? You're gonna be doing some things that are facilitating um this change within your life and in regards and in relation to money, your relationship with money, your financial blueprint all of all these incredible bits and pieces of it but you have this tangible um, workbook that then becomes an asset to you that you all will always have and I keep these things and I and I encourage people to keep these things because when I look back on mine from events that I've been through it's just it's so remarkable to to not only see like what stood out as an aha to you like at that moment in time, but to also really have something that shows you like over time when you look back on it, like wow, how far I've come.
1: Uh, that that's great, and and all that information is on the website also. The same website.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Because you're it's right there with all of um all of the bonuses. So PeacefulMillionaireNow.com. Um, you can get. You can get the book. You can get all of the bonuses.
1: On the contact us page is their email and all of Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So you have your staff get back to people.
0: Absolutely.
1: In order to continue to be successful, you need to delegate more and more. And that's kind of my problem. I I can't delegate well because I I don't like to give things up. So I'm working on that part now, which is why I have three coaches. (laughs) Uh, It's a difficult thing to, to, uh, when you're such a perfectionist, right, is giving people, uh, a chance, uh, to show up for you. And a lot of times, uh, we don't give them that opportunity. We, we take it away before they're able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you have to have trust in yourself when you're training people that you're doing it the right way. Um, and, and it's, it's an effort. It's definitely an effort, which is why people would sign up for one of your programs where they learn the skills necessary to teach people how to help them. Right. Because probably one of the most limiting things that we have is making ourselves ourselves replicatable that people can really help. Right.
0: I think the challenge uh, um, for so many people, um, you know, myself included for such a long time is, you know, there for the strong for the really strong, independent like men and women out there, you know, asking for support, asking for help um it it's not easy it's not easy it took it took a lot for me to get to that place where i'm like not only do i not only do i like need help but but i but i welcome it right and and i and i speak into that um in in the book actually because you know when you think about some of the really really successful companies in in the world right you think about Tesla, you think about Apple, you think about, um, you know, those, those types of brands and companies that are so huge, right? Like, it takes a lot of people to, to make that happen, right? So Steve Jobs didn't single handedly, like, get to billions on his own, right? No one does. And that was one of the biggest, I'll be, so truthful that was one of the biggest epiphanies very very early on in my personal growth journey was that I didn't have to do it all by myself because I had lived my whole life you have to do it all by yourself that's how I was raised so that was so deeply ingrained in me that when I was told that I didn't have to do it all by myself and that it was okay to have help that was like Psh. now But then getting to the place of actually being able to receive, right? Receive the support, receive the help. Now, those are two very different things. Right. Right. So that's so that's important and that's powerful. And that's and that's something for you to, you know, have an awareness of and to mirror back to yourself of, okay. you know, where where do I need to, you know, show up differently for myself? Right. Just I, I love allowing life and other people and myself to be a mirror. Like for me, it's all one big mirror reflecting back to me. I'm like, okay, what how do I need to grow? What do I need to change? Like what's that? What's that next level? And these little things are constantly being mirrored to you if you pay attention to them.
1: Well, you, you know, you brought up another really excellent point. Like when you're trying to have so teach someone something, uh, a lot of times people are not accountable, right? So, uh, if I'm trying to teach you how to run my computer software, and you keep making mistakes, a lot of people are like, "Oh, she's just so dumb; she won't learn." But no, 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 no. If you train that person correctly with your knowledge, you have to. Reevaluate the situation and and say, oh, let me retrain you. Sometimes, yeah, and I retrain you three, four times. Yeah, I I know this isn't going to work. But a lot of times it's that lack of training. There's this whole big spot that you let off because you took for granted that they already knew. And that's the piece that they needed to really understand what you're trying to have them do. So we really need to have that component of, there's a reason that they're not performing and I had a part to play in that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I just that actually brought me into like kind of circling back to like the, the, the belief, right? So like, you have to believe they can do it. But they also have to believe that they can do it. So earlier, I touched on like that secret, right? Is it's like, you have to believe, like, on such a deep level, that that something is possible for yourself, right? So I always I always touch on the Napoleon Hill quote, what the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. And I do agree with that and I do believe that, but I just take it one step deeper because because human nature is to see and believe that something is possible for someone else. Like that's very easy. Like you can see someone else, you can watch me do it, watch Dr. Dave do it and be like, oh, well, he can do it because he's bald and she can do it because she wears glasses and she's really pretty, right? And you come up with this like multitude of reasons as to why someone else can do it and why you can't. Um, and so that so that's a very like natural Habit. Basically, it's it's really a, a habit, not a great one, but it's a habit uh, tendency. Whereas, so the shift is when you when you know, with every fiber of your being, with absolute certainty, you know that this dream goal or desire is meant for you, and that you can, in fact, achieve it. Right. So that's so that's where that that internal change once that happens like you you can't turn that off right you can't turn that off and so so there's so there's so many tools and and techniques and so much power you know again that 27 billion kilowatts of power that you use so like success anything you choose to have in this world right like i speak into that powerful language like make it inevitable right so i optimize your mind for inevitable wealth peace Fulfillment, success, whatever, whatever it is you choose to have, and so there's so language is such a powerful thing. And Dr. Dave, if I was, you know, if I were, if I were one of your coaches, can I, can I coach you to your audience? If I were one of your coaches, I would make a change. Can I? Of yes. course. Um. So one of one of the things. Um. So one of the powerful things that I do that's unique and different that that what most people do is actually literally changing, right? Reprogramming and changing. The way your thinking logical mind speaks to your subconscious mind. And, and it's, it, it's very strategic, and a lot of times it seems very minute. Um, but there's a saying like um, small hinges swing big doors. So these small changes, even in language of how your logical thinking brain speaks to your subconscious and also out into the world, um, swings a really big door. And one of them is to eliminate the word "try" or "trying" from your vocabulary. So um, I
1: always say, "Trying" is another word for failing.
0: Well, but it's not. See, so it's so it's, it's no. really, but it's so it's not. Like, I'm going to go two directions on that. So the so the reason to eliminate the word "try" and "trying" from your vocabulary is that your subconscious mind does not understand negative language. So when you say to yourself, for example, I'm going to TRY to lose weight, what happens?
1: You can't do it. Well, that's why I brought it to the failing part.
0: Nothing. Well, but it's but it's different because, again, the thing is, is your your subconscious mind is is the part of your mind that is actually creating your reality. So when you speak to yourself in that way and you say that I'm going to TRY to do this, you're basically telling your subconscious mind that you're not going to do it and that you don't, in fact, want that result. Right. So it's literally like you're you're completely like shutting down your odds and chances before you even like stepped out the gate. So that's part of it. And then in regards to failure. Right. So there so there there is no success without failure. Everyone who has success has, in fact, failed many, many times. So it's not about avoiding failure. It's about getting really, really good at failing, and being willing to consistently fail forward. Because if you consistently fail forward, the only possible outcome is success.
1: True. I have to say on two points. Number one, the best part about my podcast is I get so many free tidbits like that. And number two is a lot of times, especially when I'm doing this type of podcast with people like yourself, I try to purposely throw things like that in, because I kind of want you to make a point about it. And since we don't talk about it beforehand, I, I like to do that. But I, I try to do things that people do often. So I always hear try, as simple as you know, helping my son do his homework. And I'll you know, he'll get it wrong and I'll say to him, okay, so let's go back and check your work. And I'll say, I tried. Well, I don't understand, you tried. I don't see you writing anything on the paper. You know, there's no, there's no work to that try. So people really need to understand that trying is a step. It's not the end result. It's a step. You have to try to get to the next step. It doesn't mean it's good or it's bad. You have to move from that original spot. And to me, trying is just another step and you need to step forward to advance your step all the time and not trying it's doing, you don't get anything from the trying part. You got to get the knowledge from the trying part, the work that you're putting in on the trying part, because trying leads to the doing, right? You're not ever going to accomplish anything unless you're getting to that next step.
0: I, I have to... I have to politely and scientifically and and mind typically um, disagree um, because similar to what you just described in that transaction of homework with your son, in the in the trying there's no writing there's no actual action happening so there's no change happening right. so the so the so 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 you eliminate the word because the word is actually useless it literally has no substance it's very diluting it's a very diluting word so much so that 99% of the time even in a book, in a sentence, if, if, if you see the word and you drop it, the sentence will still make sense. That's how useless and diluted that word is. It's also very disempowering. So there is no TRY, you do or do not do, you choose to or choose not to so you can choose to look back over your homework or you can choose not to you can in fact do it and look back over it or you can not do it right but you can't actually try to do it or not to do it because it's not in because TRY is not, not an actual action it's not an That's actual that. thing right so, so in fact, you can't. So there. So, so that's where, like in the in the language, it's just a superfluous word. And what happens is, it becomes an excuse. It becomes a scapegoat because you're going to sit there day in and day out and say, "Well, I was TR, I try. I try my best. No, don't try your best. Just do your best, right?" Mm-hmm. I'm doing my best. I'm working on it. I'm working towards it, right? There's a beautiful plethora of other words that are empowering that you can use that are still actually moving the needle forward.
1: So I hope everybody's listening. You got a free tidbit of the peaceful billionaire and peaceful trillionaire (laughs) about trying. That's not even a word. And I agree. I think they should take it out of the dictionary because it does nothing but procrastinate people. And we're in a world, uh, we're in careers where we're moving people into the next direction. We're moving people into improvement. We're helping them change the mind and how they go about these things and helping to see, helping them see success in a different, through different eyes. Um, so I thank you for your time. This has been amazing. Um, I cannot wait to get your book. Um, I cannot wait to get the perfect billionaire. Um, and I can't wait that you didn't even know you were coming out with the perfect trillionaire until today.
0: I didn't, but now I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But now you have no choice, right? I
0: know.
1: So we know how to get in touch with you, and I thank you very much. And keep your eyes out, everybody. This will be out soon. And pass it on to someone that you think can really benefit from this.
0: Well, I and mean, then when you go to peacefulmillionairenotnow.com, peacefulmillionairenow.com, when you go there, if you buy the book, beautiful, amazing, if you don't buy the book, that's okay, please take advantage of the free gifts and bonuses that's that's why they're there. Um hopefully that will entice you to to, to get the book if you haven't already chosen to get it, but um, I've had just such incredible um, feedback. Oh, um, it's overwhelming the incredible feedback from the book. And um, but if you do nothing else, you know, go there and enjoy the free bonuses. And please, please, please just join the the three day event because that's where you're going to hang out with me for three days. And and so if this was valuable for you, then imagine spending three days with me and diving into all that wisdom. But but it's not about the wisdom. It's about creating change for you. um, And that's really what the three day event is about. It's about transformation and it's about you.
1: Amazing. All right. Thank you very much, Jess. have a blessed day.
0: You too. Thanks, Dr. Dave.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Making the Change Optimize Your Health and Mind. We hope you found the information and insights we shared to be helpful and inspiring. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend or family member who would also benefit. We believe that the more people that have access to this information, the better equipped they will be to thrive in the next chapter of their lives. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the show so you'll never miss a single episode. We'll be back next week with more expert insights and actionable tips to help you optimize every aspect of your life. Until then, take care and remember to always prioritize your health and well-being.